Hello, and welcome to the New Beginnings Discipleship Ministry Podcast. Here, we share the Word of God for all people to understand that they are born on purpose, for a purpose, and with purpose. A desire is for everyone to not just know what their purpose is, but to live it out. We believe we are designed to live out a kingdom lifestyle that aligns to the kingdom of God and the word of God. Now go ahead and grab something to write with, make room wherever you are at, and prepare your heart, mind, and soul for another amazing word from God. Here we go. All right, turn with me to Acts, the first chapter. We're going to read verses 1 through 8, and then we're going to flip over to Acts, the second chapter, and read verses 1 through 4. Amen? Hallelujah, hallelujah. All right. It's on the screen. I see a few people with Bibles. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Acts chapter 1, starting at verse 1 through 8, and it reads, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power. You shall receive power power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Acts 2 verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. And if you'll journey with me on this afternoon, because we have passed day. Amen. We are past the a.m. We are into the p.m. I'm going to go through this, y'all. Stay with me. A few hallelujahs. We're going to get out on time. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. And our topic for today is going to be continuing in our series of Overcomer. But our title is, What Are You Looking For? Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Lord God, we bless you. Father, we praise you. There truly is none like you. We thank you, Lord God, for this day. 
to be able to come and be in your presence, Father. Father, I thank you for the excitement, for the zeal, for the love, for the peace that I feel in this house. I thank you even more for your presence, for your glory, oh God. Father, because happiness depends on things happening, we know that you are always with us, so nothing has to happen. We just need your presence. Because we understand clearly that in your presence, there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. So, Lord, I pray for each and every person who is here on today. Father, open their ears, O oh God, to the sound of your voice. To recognize what it is that you are speaking to them. Father, I break every distracting demonic that would try to cause them to look in a different direction. To be focused on something different. And, Father, right now in the name of Jesus... We declare and decree that every person under the sound of my voice is steadfast, immovable, and they will always abound in the works of you. We love you, Lord. Father, we bind up every diabolical plan, every assignment of the enemy. We rebuke it now. We loose you from your assignment and command you to go. As the word goes forth, I declare and decree that the ground that it is being placed in, is good ground, that it will receive the seed of the word, that it will take root and produce fruit that remains in Jesus' name. I plead the blood of Jesus over myself. Decrease me, God. And I allow you to increase within me. Let not a word go forth without you saying it. We love you so much, Father, and we bless you and praise you in Jesus' matchless and mighty name. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah and amen. Come on, can we give them some praise? Hallelujah. So today is the day that we come together as the body of Christ to celebrate Pentecost Sunday. Now, two weeks ago, the Lord gave us a 14-day preparatory period to get ourselves ready to receive more from him, providing us with the power that we need so that we can fulfill our purpose here in the earth. Not everyone who is under the sound of my voice has been born on purpose, for a purpose, and with purpose. Come on and say it with me. I have been born on purpose, for a purpose, and with purpose. So if that statement is true, we must recognize that everything we need to fulfill our purpose was placed within us because he is within us. Amen. You never thought about that, right? Saints of God, we must ask ourselves, what is it that we are really looking for? Are we looking for him to manifest through us or are we looking for things that are more of the world and look more like God's enemy? Now, when I last preached, our title was Overcomer, Time to Clean Some Stuff Up. And we looked at getting to the root of things that stop, block, and hinder us from reaching our full potential in him. So what happens is many of us master things that we were never designed to do. And what we do is we missed out on what we've been designed to do in the earth because of ignorance of our own purpose. If you take my Apple Watch right now and you try to use it as a hammer, it might get through the first couple of nails, but after that, it's going to break down. And this is what is happening to many of us. 
because we're trying to do something God never intended for us to do. We're trying to master something God never wanted us in position to do, and we find ourselves being broken and never obtaining our purpose. Today, the Father is looking to reroute us and bring us into the, fulfill, the fullness of who he is so that we can understand who it is that we are and what it is that we are to replicate in the earth. Jesus shared in a parable in Luke 19 that we are to occupy until he returns. That word occupy is the Greek word uh, pragmatu amai. Let me try it again. Pragmatu amai, which means to carry on business as a banker or a trader. Now, if you look at the etymology of the word occupy, you see it is defined as to take possession of and to keep or retain. So the father is looking for us to transact business in the earth in the same way that he did it until he returns or until he gets back. We are to take possession of people and we are to take possession of them out of the grips of the enemy and we are to teach them how to hold on to the ground that they gain teach them how to keep it and how to keep the enemy from pulling it back from them then we are to teach them to replicate or multiply in the earth until Jesus returns now I don't know about you but I'm tired of gaining ground and turning around and losing it tomorrow. Today I got peace. Tomorrow I'm depressed. Today my marriage is good. Tomorrow we're getting a divorce. Today my kids are in church. Tomorrow they go back to what they were doing before I started praying for them. I'm tired of seeing our schools. I'm tired of seeing our churches getting shot up. I'm tired of seeing the people on drugs. I'm tired of seeing people have no hope and take their own life when there used to be peace. Who am I talking to on today? The Father wants us to know that the kingdom of heaven is suffering violence, but the violent is ready to take it by force. He has given us power, and he has authorized us to become all that we need to do in Jesus' name. And he's authorized us to keep it and not give it back to the enemy just like Adam did. He said, occupy, transact business in the way I did it. We are not of those who shrink back, but we speak to every mountain and command it to be thou removed and cast into the sea. We tell it to get all of its hell up and out of our way in Jesus' name. John 17 and 12, Jesus said this. He said, while I was with them, I protected and preserved them by your name, the name you gave me. Not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction or the son of perdition. So that scripture would be fulfilled. Jesus is letting us know that as we pray people into the kingdom, we are responsible for praying to keep them in it. Decree this with me. I will no longer lose ground and give it away to the enemy like Adam did. Instead, I will maintain everything you have given me in Jesus' name. Come on and celebrate that declaration on today. So saints of God, today is a, a great time of celebration. We are celebrating Pentecost, which is the holy day that, that recognizes the coming of Holy Spirit, the birth of the church, and how it got filled with knowing who Jesus is and the power of Holy Spirit. Now, when he hit the scene, scripture says that over 
8,000 were added to the church. During the last sermon, we looked at the history and the three main feasts that we recognize. Now, for those who weren't there, I encourage you to go back and watch my last sermon so that you can even get a better understanding. But to give a quick recap in Exodus 23, verses 14 through 33, God commanded every male to appear before him three times a year and to dedicate a feast unto him, celebrating what he had done for them. Somebody should have got excited right there because you don't look like what you've been through. Hallelujah. The Hebrew word for that is kadgah, which was translated as feast, but actually means reeling in. Saints of God, what this means to us is that God has set appointed times within the year for us to do a spiritual checkup. Just like you go to the doctor annually, or you're supposed to go to the doctor annually, God has set a time for us to do a spiritual checkup with him and to correct our course if we have gotten off track. Or if we figure out we've been missing the mark. Now here's the thing. Once you know better, God is actually expecting you to do better. So this is a time where we should be consecrating ourselves, setting ourselves apart and allowing God to examine our hearts, to examine our motives, to examine our lives, and to repent and realign anything that is out of order with the Lord. Fix it. We always talking about fix it, Jesus, and he's saying, I already gave you a power and authority to get it done. Now, the three feasts are the Passover, which is the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is also known as Pesach, and that's celebrating deliverance from Egypt, from bondage, and the resurrection of Christ from the dead. Now, some people call it Easter, which is actually the celebration of the goddess Estra. Look it up. Number two is Pentecost. Feast of Harvest or the Feast of Weeks. It's also known in the Hebrew tongue as Shavuot, which takes place 50 days after Passover. Rhonda did a fantastic job of setting me up today. And that is to celebrate the freedom from slavery and that they were given the law to guide them after they had been freed. So this day also celebrates the releasing of Holy Spirit upon all flesh. Somebody touch yourself and say, that includes me. And the third feast is the Feast of Tabernacles, Feast of Ingathering, also known as Sukkot. And that commemorates the period of wandering in the desert and living in a temporary tent. And God would meet them right where they were. The amazing thing about it is God meets us right where we are today. Hallelujah. We are living in a temporary tent here and right now called flesh. Hallelujah. And the Lord tabernacles or he lives right within us in Jesus' name. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter what you used to do. All that matters is that you are here right now and God wants to meet with you. So as we look at our text on today in verse Two of Acts, the second chapter. The scripture says, and when the day of Pentecost had fully come, meaning all of the Jews who traveled to Jerusalem came together and they participated in the feast of the Lord. So each man willingly. I, I'm going to let that sit there and marinate for a minute. Willingly. Brought they self. Did I say that out loud? And an offering unto the Lord. And they followed his commandment. 
my God. They did that coming in looking for the Lord to do what he said he would do. In other words, if I do what you said, God, then you got to do what you said you was going to do. Hallelujah. Now, this feast was significant because it commemorated the time after they were released from Egypt and they were given the law. Now, let me just pause for a brief second. I wonder what the church would look like today. And I'm not talking about new beginnings because we all going to seek God up in here. Amen. But I'm talking about the body at large. What would the church look like today if every Christian came in on Sunday with one agenda, one mind, on one accord, and that is to come into the house of God to celebrate all that he has done for you and to give him your best offering, and that includes a sacrifice of praise. To look to him for the next steps and what it is that he's got you on assignment to complete. To look to him for the answers that you are seeking. If we all came in on one accord just to do that. Saints of God, we miss the blessing of worship by thinking it's only about coming to church. We must understand that it's not about just showing up but having an expectation that God is going to do exactly what he said he is going to do. The problem is we have lost faith in the word of God. In verse 8, Jesus said, but you shall receive power when Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And the next thing you see is in chapter 2, they believed, they showed up, and they looked for a move of God. Where we miss it at as the body is we come into the building thinking that we're doing God a favor by just showing up. We come in, we sit in our seats with our arms folded, refuse to stand up and worship like our legs are broken. Now, the sad part about it is there's somebody sitting at home right now wishing they could be in the house of God, and we have nerve to take it for granted. On top of that, we're flipping through Facebook, texting people during worship. Our minds are focused on what we're going to cook, how much laundry we got to do when we go back home, on what's going to happen tomorrow at work. we looking at how quickly pastor can finish preaching because y'all know she long-winded. Thank you. That's what I'm talking about. We have gotten to a place where worship has become nothing more than a spectator sport instead of an experience with God that changes the trajectory of our lives and sustains us during the worst of times. You know, I was meeting with Hassan and Shalik. I was at work, and, and they pulled up on me, and we were talking. And they said something to me, and I didn't even realize that, that we were doing it, but we were. What happened is, you know, I was telling them what was going on with my mom. And by the way, y'all, just so that you know, our mother gets released. As a matter of fact, she's already released in Jesus' name. She's home from the hospital. But we have been in a two-and-a-half-week battle waiting for our mother to be healed and to be released so that she can come back home from the hospital. All of us are praying because we are believing God that she's going to be able to be on this trip with us in Jesus' name. You know, at the age of 80 and 81, guess what, baby? God promised us 70, so that means they are at the point of living a blessed life. 
God gave them what he promised, and now they've gone beyond that. Y'all should have clapped because that's a blessed life. Hallelujah. Many people didn't make it to see that. But while I was talking to Hassan, this is before we knew that she was coming home. And Hassan was like, wait a minute, your mom is where? I thought she was already home. I said, no, she's been there two and a half weeks. And he just shook his head. He said, I didn't realize. He said, y'all just walking around like nothing's wrong. I said, because nothing is wrong. It's in God's hands. And so what happens is when you have that faith, when you have that trust, when you have that belief, when you know that God is going to do what he said he's going to do, the only thing that you can look forward to is what it is that he's going to do. Regardless of how this thing comes out, regardless of whether or not she would have come home, guess what? It is well with my soul. Regardless if she passed from this life to the next one, guess what? It is well with my soul. We got to get to the place where we look to God and keep our eyes fixed up into the hills from which cometh our help, knowing that our help can only come from Jesus Christ. But where we get all messed up is we go and we look for a bliss fix, y'all. We want God to fix it like right now. But in the meantime, if we go and we get that bliss fix, we jump up and we run to some other city. We jump up and we run to a club. We jump up and we run to a drink. We jump up and we run to pop some pills. We do all of this stuff expecting God to fix it right now. None of that builds your faith. None of that positions you where you need to be. And there is power in being in position. Our position at that time is staying before the Lord and trusting that his word is true. Our position at the time is encouraging our mother. So as she's going through it, she knew that God had her. What are you doing while you're being challenged? What is it that God is needing you to shift in your life so that you can get past and get beyond where you are? Some of us have been praying for positions. Some of us have been asking God, when is it my turn to be elevated? Can you even worship or are you still waiting on the spirit of entertainment? Are you still at the place where you can't engage with God unless everything is per uh, perfect in your life? Where are you at in your walk with Christ? Because he is looking for you to do something. He is looking for you to be connected to him. He is looking for you to give him what he deserves. Let me get off that soapbox. The Bible says greater works shall you do, not greater works shall you watch everybody else do. God's saying grow up, y'all, and fulfill the great commission as his representatives in the earth. Another problem that we face is we get so caught up in the condition of our lives that we can't even recognize when God is standing before us. And when he's standing before us, you've got to understand he's positioning us for a greater blessing to receive more. When you're in the house of God, do you realize that his presence represents him being here? Did it ever dawn on you that he's here? to do something with you, that he wants to bless you, he wants to pull you out, he wants to help you, but when we start going through, y'all know what we do? We stay home, isolated. Now, here's the deal. Let me help y'all with a little parallelism. With parallelism, Jesus is the Lion of Judah. The devil roars around 
like a lion seeking whom he may devour. Now, here's the deal. A lion only goes after who? The one that's strayed away from the pack. The one that's wounded because they didn't forgive. The one that's hurt and refuses to come back in the house where they can be protected because at that point they're considered lame. Ah, who am I talking to on today? It makes me think about the invalid at the pool of Bethesda. When he had been laying there for more than 38 years and Jesus walked up and asked him a simple question. He said, wilt thou be made whole? The sad part is Jesus was standing right before that man and he didn't even know who Jesus was. Now let's be clear. All of the noise had been heard abroad. Everybody knew who Jesus was but him. It makes me wonder how many of us have missed our blessings because we don't know who Jesus is really. We know church, but we don't know Jesus. But Jesus asked him this question, will you be made whole? Or if we put it in modern day language, do you want to be healed or not? Do you want me to bless you? And instead of answering the question with a simple yes, the man gave a strange response of an excuse. He said, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is troubled. The Lord has a question for us on today. Is the reason that you don't understand your purpose or have not moved from where you are to receive your blessing is because you're waiting for a man to do what only God can do for you. People of God, we've got to get to the point where we realize that we don't need a man. We need Jesus. Matthew 6 and 33 says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of its righteousness and then everything else gets added unto us. Somebody needs to know today your healing, your restoration, your deliverance is waiting for you to take your eyes off the problem and look to him for the solution. The solution can only be found in him. Stop looking for a man to do what only God can do for you in Jesus' name. So as we look back at the scripture, we see that all the Jews had come together in Jerusalem to celebrate the feast known as Shavuot. Now understand that Shavuot calls for us to remember God's faithful actions in the past. The Bible says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And we've got to know that we will never have a testimony without going through the test. What we look forward to it's what we're honestly putting our faith in. What are you looking for? So the purpose of this festival was for the Jews to remember that God had brought them out of Egypt. He had freed them after 400 years of being in bondage and slavery. And this feast was to be celebrated so that they could take a look back and remember that God had done something for them. He would brought them out of slavery and bondage. Amen. And looking back, it's supposed to be a good thing. As long as it's used to prompt us to seek God's actions among us in the present and prepare us to be used by God right now as well as in the future. Are y'all with me? All too often we find ourselves in a tough position. One that requires us to have faith in God in order for us to make it through. And when we look back to remember how God assisted us in tough situations in the past, our attention tends to linger there. 
Before you know it, we grow nostalgic, yearning for the days of old, and we start thinking about how happy we were back then compared to the time we currently live in when God is expecting us to see what he has done in the past to help us to trust him so that he can and he will take care of us in every situation that we are facing right now today. The God that we serve is the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. If he did it before, y'all, guess what? He can do it again. If he did it for me, y'all, guess what? He can do it for you. But what amazes me is that we somehow have the ability to look back and forget about all the hell and forget about all the struggle that we had to endure. We forget what God actually has already done for us. Instead, we only focus on the ease of getting through what we went through and how much easier it was if we just stayed stuck in that situation. After that comes euphoria of all the good times that we had, tempting us to go backward instead of pushing us to press forward to where God is taking us. I have done counseling after counseling after counseling where people try to retreat back to the very place that God has had them to leave from because they don't want to face what's in front of them and they don't want to take the chance of not knowing what's going to happen. They forget that God is for them. People hear stories of women who go back to a man who was abusive and had been beating them day and night. And they wonder, why would you go back? Why would you return back? The reason is because they begin to face the challenges of finding somewhere to live. They begin to worry about whether or not he's following them, having to constantly look over their shoulders, trying to find a job so that they can support themselves and not knowing how this will end becomes so overwhelming that their only answer is to go back. The next starts the next thoughts start to come saying, well, he only hits me when I'm bad or he only hits me if I open my mouth too much or he only hits me when I say things in a certain way. Or the question then starts to pop in their head that says, well, was it really that bad? You, you got through it before you can get through it again. He really has a good heart. They start making excuses for his behavior when all along what they're battling is the fear of the unknown and that state of euphoria sets in causing them to see only the good times and not remember the truth of the hellish situation that they have been in. God is saying, I never intended for my people to stay in a state of slavery to anyone or anything. And that includes fear, y'all. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah. He said, I am the same today, yesterday, and forever. If I delivered you before, I can deliver you again, says the Lord. When you look back, remember how I brought you out. When you look back, remember what my word says about your future. When you look back, know that if I before you, I am more than the world that could be against you. I am who you are looking for. Come on and give the Lord some praise in this place. Hallelujah. I'm wrapping this thing up now as a body. We desire to see all that Pentecost represents. So understand that this day falls during the month of Sivan, which means season and time. It is the ninth month of the Hebraic calendar. 
What does all of this mean, preacher? The number nine symbolizes divine completeness, finality, a season of birthing. Oh, somebody should have got excited right there. Glory, hallelujah. Divine completeness, all the hell that you've been going through for every tough situation that you've endured, you're coming to the point of divine completeness. You're coming into finality. It is over. The season of closed doors, it is over. The season of demonic depression and oppression, it is over. You have been preserved and you are birthing something new in the name of Jesus. I see newness of life, new life, new life, new life is on the way. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Somebody in the house on today has been impregnated and been carrying the weight of ministry within their belly. And the season of carrying the weight of people's issues, the season of carrying the pain and the weight of swelling that's happening on the inside of you is coming to an end. You're about to birth this thing. You're about to give birth to what it is that God has called you to. But it's going to take the Holy Spirit to help you to birth it. You have been waiting for God to speak, and he's saying, I'm telling you right now, this is your season. This is your time. This is your day. This is your moment. But you cannot do it without me, says the Lord. He needs us to understand that if we choose to come on one accord with him, if we choose to stay in alignment with him, greater work shall we do. Oh, my God. That fulfilling that takes you through anything, that fulfilling, that gives you the power to get out of bed, that fulfilling, that helps you break the power of grief, that fulfilling, that keeps you from being separated from the people of God, that fulfilling, that reminds you of who you really are apart from who you have become. That is what we're looking for. Come on and stand to your feet. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We praise you, God, for who you are, Lord. For this day, Lord that we recognize as Pentecost Sunday. But Father, we don't want it to be just another day, just another celebration. We are desiring the fullness. We are looking to you. You are our strength. You are our buckler. You are our shield. You're everything that we need. You are our provider. You are our healer. And Father, so many in the house today need healing in so many ways, Lord. Not just physically, Father, emotionally, financially, socially. Father, I am praying for restoration of relationships that have been broken. Lord, I just cry out unto you this day. That those who have been in this battle and they are unsure how to move forward, that you would speak now, Lord. Meet them in their tent. 
Let them know they don't have to wait until Shavuot. They can, they can have you now. They don't, they don't have to wait. So, Lord, give them the connection, the strength, the power to rise up and overtake every enemy, every mountain that presents itself before you. You have been authorized to use the power I have given you, says the Lord. Father, we want to pour into the streets and provide hope to the hopeless. Father, help us to deal with our inner me. We focus so much on Satan and we forget about our inner me that speaks just as loud as he does. Help us to overcome our failures. To look past what we didn't do and our shortcomings. Let us be reminded of who you are in us. That if you be for us, you are more than the entire world against us. We love you, Father, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah and amen. Hallelujah. Come on and give them some praise. We want to thank you on today for joining us as we go into the word of God to continue to understand our God-given purpose. If you are wanting more information about New Begins Subship Ministries, please look in our description box for ways to connect with us, whether through our social media outlet or if you're desiring to visit us, whether virtually or in person. We thank you once again. We pray that you have an awesome day and amazing week.